Jenny Donheiser. And I'm Nicole Spezio. And this, this is, is How Are, How you, are brainwashed? you Brainwashed. Hi, honey. Hi, honey. How are you? What's going on with you, baby? Baby. baby. Um, Messing with the form, you know? Give I me a love that. Spice. Please do something. <laughs> <laughs> Help however you can. <laughs> I am good. I have noticed that I have a problem recently which you do not have, which is, I won't say what TV shows because I don't want to put us in time and space in this episode. It can have been recorded any time. Okay. But there's been a lot of new shows, returning shows, things that I love coming out. And I have not watched them yet because when I watch them, then I can't look forward to them anymore. Okay. <laughs> like I have delayed gratification on TV. Like, Famously, still haven't seen How Succession Ends. Oh, my God, so, Nicole. Because once I watch it, there's no more Succession ever. Yeah, but so, you're going to, like, forget it and you can rewatch it in five years. I'm not rewatching Succession. <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> he might want to. I don't know. I'm I rewatching like, I... Girls. I didn't know I'd see that day, you know? Yeah, no comment. But I... <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't want, when I watch the shows, then they're done. And you have the, you are like always Miss Zeitgeist Queen. You yeah. must watch in real time. I really just don't have that button. How can I be more like you? Well, I'm obsessed with the Zeitgeist and just sort of knowing what former guest of the pod, Evan Ross Katz, has to say about stuff. Sure. So if I'm on Instagram and, you know, there's memes, I want to understand the memes. And you don't seem to care about the memes. Famously, could not give less of a shit about the memes. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't care. So I don't know. I don't know how to bring you over to the caring about the memes side of things. But maybe it's actually a strength that I don't yeah. care about the memes. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's hard when you're like at a dinner party as you are want to be. I, I gotta say, I love a dinner party. Please invite me if you're throwing. And someone says, well, how about what's going on in succession? Don't you feel sad you can't participate? No, there's plenty of conversations that I don't care to participate in. Also, <laughs> it's like, you know, the people are always talking about something a little boring and then I'll just wait five minutes and then it'll loop back around to something <laughs> interesting. Okay. See, I want to be able to offer my hot take, my opinion yeah. on who I think is going to win the Game of Thrones, you know? And I, I be- don't have that button, which is like, well, why do I have a podcast if I don't want to give hot <laughs> takes? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But you're watching Housewives as soon as they come. Or is that some no. of the ones you're not? Well, oh, I haven't. I haven't you don't want to date. Well, I just like don't want to date because it's going to come out in the future. But let's just say that Potomac and um, Miami recently premiered and I haven't watched either of them because once I watch them, then then I'll have seen the premiere. And this, way, this well, way I get to look forward to it. There's so many episodes of those both to come. I know. I know. I don't know. That's <laughs> just, just what's going on with me. It's kind of sweet in a way that you want to savor. Um <laughs> It's just. Are you the kind of person that when you're eating a plate of food, you discover sort of the thing you like the most and you save that thing to eat to the end? Hundo P every time. Yeah. 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 Which like who can say if that's eating disorder behavior and now my TV watching (laughs) is eating disorder. But um, (laughs) I'm certainly again, not a doc. So I don't know. But yeah, there is something to the like, well, when I'm done with the best thing, it's gone. Yeah. This way I can always be looking forward to the best thing. 
You just got to have the next thing on deck, maybe. Maybe yeah. that's sort of just knowing that there's something else on deck that you're Other good interested in. Yeah. The good thing about TV, it's endless. <laughs> it's never <laughs> ending. There's yeah. content till we die. So Certainly no dearth of things to watch. <laughs> that's not our problem. Absolutely not. Well, thank you. I feel actually empowered now that you brought it back to memes that I'm doing the right thing for me and my family. (laughs) (laughs) Big, what's going on with you? I only have one thing to talk about. And that is. And that's that I'm about to. Well, I guess by the time this episode airs, I'll probably have had my baby. So, but you can experience my anxiety about the baby. Mm -hmm. Just crying over nothing, Nicole. I'm crying over nothing. Yeah. I mean, your hormones are psychotically through the roof right now of course you'd be crying over nothing and it feels like i do it a lot at night and then i wake up in the morning like i had like 14 cocktails and i turn to Graham and i'm like i'm sorry i cried about the box for an hour <laughs> i don't know why i cried about the box no Graham is tough Graham can take a little tears from his pregnant wife don't be apologizing to Graham. he's just like oh uh what can i, I i'm sorry about the box <laughs> I don't know. So we're just sort of in that phase and you just got to ride the wave. What's the most ridiculous thing you've cried over? I couldn't find my passport. Oh, that's a huge actual problem. That's not ridiculous. I don't know. I still don't know where it is. Okay, well, we gotta, we gotta get eyes on that. I don't know. I, it's like me, I keep wandering into the nursery, wanting to do more stuff, realizing I physically can't and then crying. That's sort of the cycle. Okay. Of being like, I can't build the crib. I know people are building it this weekend, but I want to open it. Yeah. And I want it to be built and out of here, and I can't do it. So maybe a little patience and a little acceptance of where things are. Yes. And just hope that baby doesn't come tomorrow. I highly doubt. <laughs> Isn't it a thing like that your first baby, they like really stick in there for a while? My therapist said today that that's an old wives' tale. Oh, okay. Well, that they can come whenever. whenever. Listen, I joined the What to Expect community boards for the November baby expectant mommies, and mm-hmm. there's a ton of people having babies early on there and first time, and a ton of people having babies on the bathroom floor. No. Yeah. Well, once again, this is why we're not getting our news from Facebook. I just feel like <laughs> let's not really check in there. <laughs> yeah. The What to Expect community boards are like the next door of pregnant people. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. you want to really see what the inner workings of our society is like no thank you get up on there there's a lot of people being like i hate my husband today whoa <laughs> my fiance is cheating on me and i'm like no this is, what are we doing here i thought we we're just like we're supposed to just be like What's the best pediatrician? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you guys getting a birthing ball? Do you like your doula? I don't know, but there's all sorts of crap that I'm seeing. And I'm clicking Nicole at night. I'm sitting in my bed. I'm clicking on the community boards. <laughs> I mean, I guess <laughs> someone's fiance cheating on them is interesting. <laughs> so I would I would also maybe click. And they're like, would you stay with them even when you're eight months pregnant? <laughs> oh, God. Like, have no one else you can talk to about this that isn't the what to expect app community board oh oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh all right should we bring it 
Yes, please. Let's hard pivot and bring in our guest. We are so thrilled and honored to have theater and film director coming to the pod. Ever heard of the Lucille Lortel Award? Well, this guest has won that for best director. Okay, one of the hardest jobs in theater (laughs) and the hardest awards to win. I also saw on her website, she's about to be a professor at Princeton University, smartest person in America. Of course, also the singing voice of an angel. Please welcome to the pod. Annie Annie Tip. Tip. Oh, I'm honored and humiliated. Wow. (laughs) A, a Princeton professor. How could you possibly be humiliated by that? That sounds so hot oh, cool. and cool. A shout out to all the listeners who followed the Lortel Awards. <laughs> <laughs> we got a real niche audience, Annie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Big time downtown um, pr- constantly emerging directors. Here we go. <laughs> yes, emerging forever. I just want to share my allyship with you. Nicole, you talked about not finishing shows. And I, okay, so I do the same and I have a diagnosis. It's a little dark. Okay, let's get (laughs) into it. Like, you know, I'm obsessed with TV. It's my depression medication. I can watch any number of hours of TV in a day. And there are certain shows where I refuse to watch the finale. I refuse. I have seen every episode of Monk. It is, I think, between nine and 13 seasons. And I cannot watch the finale. I just, I'm like, once you watch it, it's over. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, this has something to do with fear of death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm listening to Esther Perel. So now I'm really feeling like, kind of, you know, a therapy podcast. I'm feeling like everything is tied to mommy and daddy and fear, fear of like, if you watch the end of Monk, you are acknowledging that like life ends. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> huh, yeah. I yeah. I not, see it. Not true. Yeah. Um, I'll keep it bright from here on out. Jen, so excited for your child to come into this world. <laughs> I love Esther Perel, is that, or whatever her name is. Yeah, that, that is her there. name. Esther Perel. Esther. My... Do you find her very sexy? Oh, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Orna from Couples Therapy 2. Even hot. Hot. Whew. Yeah. I love listening to someone tell a couple exactly what to fucking do. That is... <laughs> the best and then she had some spinoff about like fights at work and i was like i can't listen this sounds boring i find with these therapy shows you know if the couple is let's say a woman and a man with the woman it's like it's complex it's 30 minutes we're getting into big details personality background and then they turn to the husband and they're always like okay so um tell me about your father was he mean and (laughs) and your mother okay so here's what's wrong with you. You're a narcissist. And they solve it in like immediately 60 seconds. And the guys are always like, oh, oh. what? They're simple. They are simple. I know. They're not crying all the time over things not being unpacked. Well, maybe they should be. <laughs> Do you have anything, Jenny, any comfort? I, I, I sadly cannot bring to the table a, a Roni discourse, but are there any other any other things that are like keeping you at bay? I really plowed through two seasons of Veronica Mars, which are not short seasons. This is <laughs> 24 ups. Day, yeah, 24 ups, like Full 45 minutes long. So that has been strangely calming. I had never watched it and it's now on Hulu. <laughs> 
It's like Buffy, but if Buffy was just a PI instead of a slayer, you know? <laughs> She's just sort of solving crimes, being spunky. Yeah. A lot, a lot of spunk to her. and But no monsters. So it's not what I was there for Buffy for. I like the, the monsters. The, yeah, there's no monsters. The people are monsters. Mm. <laughs> <Deep>. <laughs> the people are the kind monsters. Of a genre of TV shows where it's like, we could have a female lead, but she's got to be so quirky. <laughs> and, and so hot. She has to be Allie McBeal. She's Felicity. Yeah. Oh, Felicity. Like, imagine that actress, Felicity, every single episode. I, I tried to rewatch Felicity and every episode. She's like, I'm just such a freak. I'm so <laughs> weird when I'm at NYU. <laughs> My hair's curly. No one can understand. I also, I have a gross question, which is our NYU meeting. We all went to school together. And I don't remember the exact moment, but I have to articulate. I think I met you both. I feel I met you both through Megan Kensel. Yes, probably. Core member of your family and <laughs> of mine. But I was very admiring and I felt very nervous around you because you guys were very cool girls and still are, still are. That's how but I felt about you. It's a wild thing. No, I'm right. Because you guys were in like hip, hot, Atlantic acting school. You were actresses, <laughs> everyone in your program, hot, all the men. <laughs> <laughs> troubled <laughs> um, and I was in the program with respect where they like put people who had previous like psychiatric <laughs> so I, I have to say it out loud I don't know that I'd ever oh. said it to your face I that's a shock I gotta say for me I, I yeah I look at her and I don't remember <laughs> feeling cool in any way yeah same just so insecure. Yeah. Deeply, and deeply. also oh. felt similarly about you and your gorgeous, fun, cool group of gal friends. I don't know. I'm not going to use this as my brainwash, but like imagine being in college and thinking that the height of cool was to be in an acapella group. <laughs> but you were in the really Not cool one, Annie. You were yeah, in the you, coolest you know, one. Out of the acapella groups, you were in the cool one. <laughs> I cannot say the same. I remember being like blown away at some of y'all's shows. I feel like I like wandered into you guys doing just like in the I want to say Tish Lounge. Is Humil that what we called that area? Humiliating. Yeah, <laughs> you guys had doing a dirt bag. Doing performance, and I was just like, "This is so cool." I'm at Tish. These people are talented, and I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I was how I felt about hair when I went to see hair oh, that first yes. year at Skirball. I was like, hair, hair, "That production of hair incredible. was quite good." <laughs> oh, it was stunning. I mean, imagine the brainwashing to get every single person in your cast to shave their heads. Imagine right, exactly. That's power. Imagine that. Shout out to the directing teacher from college. Yeah. College production to get everyone to shave their heads for hair. I mean, I, I you would have done it. If they had asked, you would have done it. Absolutely. It was it was oh, incredible. I don't have a head for that. Well, certainly I, I think <laughs> you do, but I think I still probably would have been like, okay, this is what I must do. You would have done it, Nicole? I don't think at, at 18 I would have been like no my hair is quite important to me i think i would have been like i'm in the show 
shave it. Yeah, just for a little background, there was a production of hair when we got to NYU where it took place, I guess, in like dystopian world. Classic college <laughs> production. <laughs> where uh-huh. everyone had to shave their head. Everyone in the production had a shaved head and they were all in white, I want to say. Like, yeah. yes. Very like futuristic kind of outfits and the set was very white. Yeah, take everything psychiatric ward. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Take everything you like about hair and then don't do it. (laughs) Just leave it off the stage. Yeah. Do you love sexy bell bottoms? They're gone. They're not here. Do you want a joyful outdoor production? No. Not gonna see it. No. (laughs) Last night I was feeling, I don't know, I guess a, a little depressed. And I had this like really gross impulse. I was like, let me just jump to the end of Pitch Perfect and just watch the competition montage. And I watched it and I was like, oh, this is, it's far worse than I remember and and <laughs> even worse than I knew. And I was crying as I watched it. And I realized that there are certain things that trigger me. As a non-crier, there are certain things that I watch that I like talented young people automatically makes me cry like youth showing talent and i'm curious if there are videos that you guys things that are just like like the soldier comes home to his dog content yeah that's not for me that (laughs) genre i understand Um, but definitely i've watched the video of jasmine sullivan singing home from her production of the wiz (laughs) as a child a million times yeah the most beautiful singing i've ever heard young talent young talent yeah i do follow broadway belters on instagram (laughs) and it's just different you know uh people recording from the balcony of various productions of things through time and i could watch it for i don't know 40 minutes (laughs) At least. (laughs) Yeah. I watched the Pitch Perfect montage. I did watch it twice. I watched it once for nostalgia and then I I doubled back and I I watched it for the filmmaking as a director. It's bad. Yeah. I haven't seen in a long time, but I imagine it's uh, the acapella. It doesn't hold up. No one's really a singer except for her, right? Anna Kendrick? It's just just computers. It's It's all computers. computers. Yeah. And the denim is so low, so low. Jenny, you said you're rewatching Girls. It's that like no man's land of fashion that Mm. like it's nasty. It's on Girls. They're still wearing belts on dress with legging. Yep. Wow. As we did. The Marnie costuming is so, (laughs) is really, really funny. It's so good. I mean, obviously there's a ton of problematic stuff throughout watching the show, but for the most part, think really still funny i think it completely holds up you know a show holds up when even the bad episodes you're like this is good this Mm -hmm. is good the cast the people like are just so her parents like andrew rannells like everybody ray adam driver just like everyone's giving incredible performances and are so funny when I was, I forget <laughs> what year, it was a decent stretch. I was living with my my parents at the time after some light mental health struggles. And I was living in Greenpoint and I would come home late at night and multiple nights. Christopher Abbott, who played Charlie, was yep. sitting on the like stoop. Well, it wasn't a stoop, like the ledge of my apartment building. And he was sitting there with his little skateboard, his tiny little skateboard. <laughs> And I started to create a fantasy in my mind where I was like, he's waiting for me. Absolutely. He's waiting for me to come home from rehearsal. (laughs) No, he's just being a Greenpoint dirtbag and kind of 
you know, yeah, doing his, his thing. But anyway, I felt like I was girls. Well, that's where they film a ton of it. So, yeah, it's very nostalgic. I'm like, we've oh. all felt like we've been girls for sure. Have you cast yourselves, your core friend group? You've done this. Oh, probably our core friend group. We did it on the pod with just me and Nicole recently. We did ourselves as the core four from girls. And then we also cast ourselves as peripheral characters. Universe girls, universe yeah. Girls. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that. I love that. I've always felt like a bit of a Ray. <laughs> I, I love cast that Nicole as Ray. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. That's great. And I cast myself as Laird, which is John Glazer's <laughs> character. <laughs> also, uh, watch that episode with, oh my God, Gabby Hoffman insisting on a home birth in the bathtub. <laughs> and did that traumatize you right now? The baby being breached and them like carrying, forcing her to the hospital. I was like, this is probably not amazing for me to watch, but I'm also not planning on giving birth in my bathtub, insisting on giving birth in my bathtub. No. So. No. Yeah, it's all going to sort out. It's all going to sort out. Mm-hmm. Really power to you if you can, I guess, you know. Not in my tub. I don't clean it enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need like a hazmat crew in your house after you give birth in a tub. <laughs> you got get a real deep clean. Ooh, imagine being hired to clean a house after a home birth. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. <laughs> that's a, that's, I mean, that's some... a very good short film idea. <laughs> Okay, you heard it here first. Directed wow. by Annie Tibb. Yeah, Nicole and Jenny. 2024, I will be <laughs> filming a docu-style drama at Jenny's house for her for her home birth. You, you heard it here. Well, do we want to get into it? Do we want to discuss the brainwashies? I have a question before we do. Okay, great. Because I don't know, we haven't had a ton of like directors on the pod. Yeah. I just want to know like, do you think of us as Barbies? Like, did or you... Oppenheimers? Or no, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> the, way we, the way you like place us in space. Yeah, yeah. Like, did you love playing with Barbies? Oh, and then oh. that's what I meant. It's like, when you were growing up, did you love playing with Barbies? And then you're like, I will do that for a job. Oh, I understand. I thought you were asking me who I thought you were in the zeitgeist of this year. Okay. I see. Not Barbie. Uh, no, you see actors as Barbies. Are you, is director playing Barbie? No, I don't think it's like that. I think I've always thought of it like, honestly, like sports. Because when I was growing up, my mom is a costume designer and my dad was, he did all kinds of things, but he was an animation producer for a short period of time and a teacher. And it was artistic household. And my mom was like, all you will do in this life is athletics and you will love it. So I played (laughs) basketball, soccer, and tennis nonstop. And when I started (laughs) big air quotes on screen directing in high school, it was for these drama competitions that the public schools in Los Angeles, California did where you would direct these 10 minute scenes and there were different genres, different categories, but it would be like 10 minutes musical and you'd pick a musical and then you'd have to do shout out acapella, acapella version of (laughs) rent in 10 minutes with like four folding chairs and eight people. I know it's like I'm designing hell, but I thought of it like sports plays where I remember, you know, directing at the time and I would write all the actors as like little X's and 
draw them like football plays. And I don't know. I think I think of it as like a team sport and you just are like looking for like good spirited players. But I don't think of actors as dolls. No, I. I That's actually <laughs> probably good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm deeply obsessed with performers and they are always smarter than me and I trust them and they direct the play for me. But I do think of it like sports where I'm like, get on board, be a team, high five, let's have a chant. And I think actors have varying degrees of tolerance for that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Hey, thank you. (laughs) Sports breakdown. I never thought it was going to be sports. Yeah. Yeah. Go team. I will say that I do still, in the way that I still think about certain scenes from girls or what have you, I still think about octet. I still think about it. And for those who don't know, it's a gorgeous musical directed by Annie Tip, written by Dave Malloy. That was done at Signature. Was that Signature? Mm-hmm. Pre-pandemic, I want to say. Yeah. Well, that I just oh so loved. And I want them to bring it back. What's the deal? What's the stats? Oh, it's it's a great question. This is a funny story. We were supposed to maybe do it on the West End in England, which is very <gasps> exciting. It's like the Broadway of the UK. And we found this theater and we we're going to take our whole cast. And it was so exciting. And the theater <laughs> wrote us and they were like, you know, Jersey Boys has actually had an up. <laughs> in ticket sales so we're going to keep Jersey Voice and we actually can't take Octet which is like a highly experimental oh god embarrassing to say acapella musical (laughs) about um, addiction (laughs) and I just think it's I mean it was tragic but it is so funny that Jersey Boys yet again beat us to the punch I cannot believe that you were displaced because of I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. Forever. Everything that's wrong with theater, commercial theater at this point in time is that it's not that's not great. We can't get octet on the West End. We have to have more Jersey boys. Yeah. So good for them. I mean, that's staying power, you know. Uh, We 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 don't need it. I've seen it. We don't need it. I love that they were like, we were gonna cancel Jersey Boys because we thought it was dead, but people are buying these ticks, so we gotta just ride yes. the wave. All, all of the and what I'm wondering is like, what pushed the uptick? Like, did, yes. one of, did one of the Jersey Boys die? Like, I don't know who the Jersey Boys are, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but like, who are which which boys are they? Is it Frank Sinatra? Frankie, no, Frankie it's, Valley. It's Frankie Valley in the Force. <laughs> okay okay well good on him my grandma took me my grandma lives on long island and she took me to see the matinee because you know she can't commute into the city not to see a matinee so i did go see like the matinee after thanksgiving i want to say one year with her of jersey boys and she had learned about it i thought because she's you know old (laughs) that she knew frankie (laughs) valley and the four seasons but she didn't. They were like showing the movie version of it on HBO, like throughout the holidays. And she was like, I like this music. I'd like to go see this show. So we went to go see the once again matinee. And there was a standing ovation in the middle of the show for what's the can't take my eyes off of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just too uh, good to be true. The people lost their minds for it, Annie. They yeah. in the middle of the day, they stood up. I think these jukebox musicals are are the death of our industry. And I will admit that I have 
given a standing ovation mid-show at a, at a jukebox musical <laughs> that I thought was horrible. And I stood up sobbing. I was like, that's a fucking good song. Like, that's a great song. Wait, wait I want to guess which one. <laughs> Give it a guess. Okay. It's it's not current. It's a few years ago. Maybe and the be- music was great. Beautiful. Was it beautiful? Yeah. Can- she she's nodding. I, I don't think like... the creators of Beautiful are listening to this pod yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no respect to all the artists. I think <laughs> I have some notes, but the music killed, and I gave it a standing ovation at the end of the show. Love. I mean, it. the music is the good part. Uh, you know, it's like we start with the music. Should we be starting with the music? It's hard to say, but yeah, undeniable. You could just have actors roll around for forty minutes like playing with Play-Doh and then saying, you make me feel like a natural woman. And you're going to be like, Oscar, <laughs> Oscar to them, Tony, all. I used to work for a company that did like papering services, which uh, is just trying to get butts and seats, essentially, for those who don't know what that means. And um, I unfortunately went to go see a lot of things that I would have never have gone to see just because the tickets were there and I did go see On Your Feet. And I will say that that's the Gloria Estefan musical where they placed On Your Feet in the show was after she was in like a horrific bus accident, her tour bus crash. And she was in like PT for months and months and they weren't sure if she was going to walk again. And then <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. That is very upsetting, but it is great fodder for herself. Not a good choice. I don't yeah. think to put it there. Yeah, but keep going. She, when she was healed and she was literally back on her feet, that's huh. when we got the number. <laughs> I see a double meaning. <laughs> they were like, this is going to be an incredible moment in the show. After the bus accident. That's right. We know Gloria's down for the count. Yeah. And then we literally have a number about being on your feet. Yeah. Not a lot of room for subtlety in a jukebox musical. Not a lot of subtext (laughs) sort of going on. No, that's the issue. It's like you hear these great songs and you're like, oh, love it. That works. And then they say one lyric and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, the whole musical's blown because, yeah, you blew it. When they did Jagged Little Pill, they were changing a bunch of lyrics to fit the iconic Alanis Morissette album. And I thought, I mean, Alanis approved of it, but I was like, ah, hard to hear something you've done drunk in karaoke for so many years be <laughs> altered to fit a theater narrative. But I know this is about Dave Coulet or whoever her ex was, but okay. Wait, Nicole, did you see that with us? Were you there? I chose to not... <laughs> purchase tickets to that yeah i saw it my favorite number was the backwards song like where the woman had to go throughout her day moving backwards like that Coldplay video and one of the <laughs> sequences was her backwards at soul cycle and i think about it regularly unfortunately that's my roman empire is thinking about the backwards soul cycle i've seen you do the backwards grocery shopping impersonation (laughs) of that at many a party yeah Yeah, she's also hurt herself riding backwards on a bike (laughs) i know that actor was like what am i doing do you guys have i'm thinking of alanis morissette do you have a karaoke song that you do do you do karaoke do you care for it well, Nicole's husband is a big, big karaoke. Loves karaoke. Actually, yeah. my husband is too. When yeah. I met him, yeah, he I was. Love- 
Our husbands love karaoke. We have done it with them multiple times. I like the the boy is mine, the Monica yep. part. That's you know, yeah. but you gotta get somebody who does the brandy part. That's what's not surefire, but that's what I like to do. <laughs> I like to do Be My Lover by LaBouche. Yes, she does. <laughs> What's that? A bean man. I love it. I see. A little bit more atmospheric. Yeah, yeah. It does get old uh, after a while. <laughs> it's sort of the same thing over and over. It, um, it gives me the idea to maybe the next time I do karaoke, do, um, I, forgive me, I don't know the name of the song, but uh, Blue Abadi Abada. <laughs> I think just Blue. Is it just blue? I think it might just be blue. I think it That's might just be called blue. Very atmospheric. Yeah, why not? You know, I'm not a singer. Let's make it weird. You don't want a great singer in karaoke. Not a. It's a little too braggadocious, I think. Yeah, if you're showing off at karaoke, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That can't, that can't be what we're doing. You can't go to karaoke and then the next day go be the lead in Wicked. It's not fair. So true. But like, have you guys probably been at, you know, a karaoke setting that's like a bar where the mic just gets passed around or whatever, and someone's sort of there by themselves and then they get handed the mic and they do like some pop punk emo song and they're like riffing and they're just like continuing to just kind of like casually sit at the bar and do it. Yeah. And then it's over and everyone's like, wow, really good. I hate hate that. It's hard to come off well in karaoke. Yeah, I, I think I think that's right. I think the magic recipe is just you need to show up with anger. You need to show up with anger. I think those are the best results. And do like you ought to know in a real bad mood. Yeah, that that I'd love. I'd love to see a scorn woman or man singing lannis morissette in a bar instead of some yeah. dude singing mr brightside while he's oh don't even say mr brightside <laughs> yeah that oh i'm gonna pour one more glass of wine that was great <laughs> you know what i want to look on the bright side of yeah what, cool. <laughs> and annie's brainwash <laughs> okay does <laughs> that, that not seamlessly work gorgeous gorgeous my wow. brainwash your best wow. segue of all time nicole you want to talk about what that introduce what that means yeah so let's let's leave the bright side part out of it but on this podcast called how are you brainwashed we ask all of our guests just that and by how are you brainwashed you mean what is something that you used to think was just like true the way the world worked absolute fact and then over time you sort of looked at it a little differently and said actually maybe this is brainwashing I think this is a profound podcast. I just want to say I, I I'm going to jump into it, and I have something to offer. But I, I'm this is this is such a good idea for a podcast. I mean, you know it. You made the show, but like, wow! Once I started thinking about it, I pulled some of my best friends from home, and I was just curious. I was like, what What would this be for you guys? Because we never talk about this, and I mean that all five of us were like thigh gap. You know, like it. Anyway, oh. that's not mine, but I, mm-hmm. I wow, the way that's burned in. I think I was brainwashed, and I don't know by who, but I think I was brainwashed into believing that anytime a man talks to you, you have to listen. I want to 
figure out how to be articulate about that. But it's like, no matter what you're doing and no matter where you are and no matter what state you're in, if a man speaks to you, you must give him the time of day and you must be there to take it in. I remember like being, I couldn't have been more than 14 and I was on a plane alone and I was sitting next to this adult man. I mean, at the time I was like, he's probably 16. He was probably 30 years (laughs) old. And this guy just diving in right away to tell me about family issues, addiction, his hobbies, et cetera, et cetera. And sitting there and being like, he needs this and I can hold it. (laughs) I remember getting off the plane and I opened my backpack because I was a child and I found a note in my backpack from him using alluring pens I had brought with me that was like, hey, I think we had a real connection. And I remember reading it as a child. This sounds more traumatic than it is. I was fine. But this, but I remember reading it and being like, wow, I made a good impression. And from that point on, like whether you're in a bar reading alone and someone's like, what's up? And you're like, hey, I'm just reading. And they're like, oh, so you're that bitch. You're like, right. Like I actually can't ever say no. And I... I would say that has taken some effort to be like, I'm not uh, (laughs) an empty vessel and container for people to talk at. Um, And I don't always have to say yes to Mm -hmm. people feel they have the right to my time. But what do you think? Oh, my God. The amount of times as a young woman I have had a man wherever approach me and I just it's like some ingrained politeness too it's like a perfect storm of like I'm supposed to be polite Mm -hmm. and I don't want this man to hurt me (laughs) and I want this man to think I'm hot like that's what I'm supposed to think and like they know what they're talking about so I should listen like it's everything all at once Mm -hmm. in a gross way yeah yeah Yeah, I think I think that point about like the fear of being hurt is profound. Like you Mm -hmm. you actually really have to um, you really have to think that through. And that's a fucking bummer. Like Mm -hmm. if you're crying on the street and sobbing and (laughs) speaking from experience, you know, like someone will come up to you and you're crying and they'll be like, hey, what's wrong, stranger, a man on the street, you know, and you're like. I'm just, then you feel you have to tell him what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> then you apologize. I'm just having a rough time. And they're like, yeah, what about? And you're like, I don't. Mm. And then you say, I, I'm good. I'm just going to do this alone. And they're like, well, fuck you. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I I would say that's taken up a significant portion of my my young adult life. And now I'm in a profession where I, listen to people for my living. So Mm -hmm. I'm happy to now be paid for it. You know, who's really good at not doing this is friend of the pod. Who's been shouted out already. Megan Kensel. (laughs) She is really good at shutting men down. And I think it was like just something that she like made a promise to herself about. And she has stuck with it. And I have seen her shut down so many people on the street, in bars, at a party, who I, she does not idolize her. With. And I do, Megan, we love that about you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was that period. Remember that period after that viral video came out of the cat calling of the woman like walking through every borough and it was like all the cat calls she got in like the day that she was walking through the street. No, no, but I, I, I'll give it a, I'll give it a click. Okay. 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 This was many moons ago. I think it was around, you know, grab them by the pussy. It was, it's all like within that sort of fourth wave feminism time <laughs> where we were all like, yeah. And I remember Megan really like wanting to shut down cat callers and I was afraid for her. I was like, Megan, you can't. Sometimes it's just not, it's not safe to do so, you know, to be like, do not objectify my body when you're in, in the street in New York or whatever, you know. And I've been in other settings, like on the subway, where men have sat down next to me and wanted to talk to me about, like, what are you doing? How are you going? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and you're just like, social security number. <laughs> right. And you have to sort of make the choice of, am I going to try to shut this down or does it not feel safe to do so? And that is, it's a horrible. What a horrible position to be put in. Yeah. And it is often that women are Mm -hmm. put in that situation, especially when you live in a big old city where you're interacting with people all the time. But then there's the separate, like a dude, you know, just at a party. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who corners you and tells you all their life problems while you're just trying to have fun that you feel like you can't say no to because you want to be nice. Yeah, I guess I feel it's important to also designate. This is not always like these are people who are trying to pick you up. I'm just talking right. about people who are like, I'm going to now occupy your time. Like yes. I actually, I don't feel that it. this is like solely like psychosexual. I actually feel like the bulk of time it's it's me at a diner, you know, which we love. I love to be at a diner alone. Absolutely. Uh, I love, and I do want to hear what you guys get at a diner. Amazing question. Diner food. But I'm like, this is my time. I don't want to talk about how the gutters in New York are, you know, bad and need to be replaced. I don't want to talk about small town Brooklyn grievances. Though, shout out to my diner. The, the, it's always me at 730 in the morning with like the men of the neighborhood. And I, I do care for them. Um, I just, I can't always be talking about, you know, like, oh, that stop sign got knocked over and, you know, who's going to replace it. I wish there could be a little stop sign that you could just hold up, you know. Like when you go to Fogo de Chao and you you have your red coaster that says, do not bring me any more meats. I'm full right now. (gasps) Or your green coaster that says, yes, keep approaching me with meats. Oh my God. (laughs) A restaurant that operates like a hotel room. So I'll say more. You put the sign on the hotel door that says, "Do not disturb." I don't want to. I don't want to be clean. Yes, yes, yes. They do, do that do at that. a restaurant. Hey guys, you got to get to Fogo de Chao. Fogo de Chao. I've been since like high school. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. We should Great. invent that. We should have invented that seven years ago during fourth wave feminism peaking when like girls at Urban Outfitters would have bought. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. How do we we make money off of this idea? (laughs) No, no, we already lost it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Even in like work environments too. Like just talking about this (laughs) today. Even in work. Yeah. how my coworker hired this guy that she hates and it's just because he takes up so much space in their meetings like he just comes in and 
wants to bulldoze everybody with some boring story that he thinks everyone wants to hear and like interrupts and no one cares like think of read the room it all comes back to awareness these people just do not have any awareness of the space that they're taking up and we are programmed as women to be just pivot around however we have to oh you want to take up space right now okay well that i don't like that and it makes me feel uncomfortable but i have to pivot because your needs have to matter right now I got this advice when I started touring as a director and going to all these regional theaters. I found that a lot of the staff were men in technical positions. And I, this was right when I got out of college and I started taking shows around for other directors. I was like 23, 24. I used to dress in a different way. Like I used to, I think in college and after I was like vintage dresses and cute little. And I remember calling my mentor this woman, Rachel Chafkin, who's an amazing director. And I was like, I'm having a lot of trouble being taken seriously. I find when I ask for things, I continue to be told the thing about lights is, and I don't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And I just remember her being like, wear heavy boots. And I was like, huh? She was like, wear heavy boots. And I was like, okay. So I went out and bought some, you know, ugly boots. And At the time, I like didn't understand it at all, but I was like, oh, there's actually something to feeling like your feet are heavy on the ground and feeling Mm -hmm. like you take up space and are like, I'm here. I can't be blown away like a leaf in the wind. And weirdly then my like, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but my style completely changed. And now, yeah, I just, (laughs) I don't know. I look like a security guard. Um, (laughs) With respect. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, it sucks that you had to do that, but it's, but like, also, what a good piece of advice. Yeah, what, an <laughs> like, what a helpful advice. piece of advice. Yeah, I mean, it's, a you know, now I have beautiful blundstone boots. I, I can't complain. I re- remember being at some panel for like female directors in film at some film festival. And there was one woman there talking about how she had to learn to give all her direction with a smile or something <gasps> like that. Like, she realized that if she asked it was more so when she said, I need X, Y, Z. And if she did it with a smile, she would get it more if she was like, I need X, Y, Z. Wow. And I was like, so oh, fucked. no, this sucks. <laughs> but sometimes it's the fastest way. That's my pessimistic take. Like, it doesn't have to be that way, but sometimes it's the fastest way. Right. Um, and you, only you can decide, like, what is the most important thing in this moment. Are you talking to someone who's never going to get it? Then just fucking get what you need to get however you can. Are you talking to someone that like, actually, let's take a second and try to move us a little further here. Yeah. Cut to David O. Russell berating everybody on his sets. <laughs> yeah. Annie, how much as a director do you scream at your talent? Oh, I, I you know, I throw a cell phone at every actor I work with. That's yeah. kind of the initiation. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine even being rude? Jenny, you're a brilliant director and i'm curious i'm curious i mean you've directed like many a short what was the transition like for you from like the performing mentality to shifting into the leadership did it feel like a shift or did it just feel like you were kind of like toggling over no it's definitely hard to yeah and and then like what you're saying in the film space it's like a lot of male sound A lot of male gaffers, a lot of men working in production on the technical side of things that think they know best. And it can be very tricky to try to get what you want or need. I don't know. I also, same thing at work. I work at a startup and I run a little team and I had a hard transition of trying to be like, 
how can I tell you to do what I need you to do without being a boss? Do you find that you can stick to it or are you just like finding alternate routes to not be a bitch (laughs) when you need stuff? Thank you for saying that. No, I think I have evolved from those like early, like wearing my boots days and being like, oh my God, wow, you seem so educated about this. It's like that great 30 Rock episode. Kristen Milioti plays like the baby. Oh my God. Yes. The baby comedian. Oh, yeah. And then you find out she's actually like hiding from an abusive ex husband. She's like, fuck you, Liz Lemon, like you blew my cover. (laughs) I think now as a director, I think a lot less about gender like in general i want to say also after like bashing men and my brainwashing we love them and we celebrate them absolutely Um, all things can be true all things all things people are complex Uh, but i really try and approach from like how can everyone in the room not only like feel like they have agency and how can i Mm -hmm. how can i support them having it so they don't walk into the space being like Everyone is in control but me and I'm powerless, which I often find just feels like extreme pain and negativity and be like, okay, you're here because I want you here. You can always say what's wrong. You can say what you need. I can't always solve it, but say it and let's try and figure it out together. That's kind of my approach. And then my other approach is like joy and inspiration. So when I get that kind of attitude or challenge from someone, I usually come back to them and I'm, I will either be like, you seem unhappy. I wonder what I can do to help you shift your perspective so that this is more fun for you because we're not getting paid, you know, (laughs) essentially to work in theater is to receive like, you know, a Chipotle gift card. So (laughs) like it has to be fun and it has to be joyful. And Mm -hmm. I, and I, I find less and less I deal with the, the pushback that I did. And when it comes at me, I just feel a little bit more confident in myself than, than I did when I started. I love that. Yeah. The, the, it's sort of the Ted Lasso school, <laughs> school of management. And I'm like, that's absolutely the person you want to show up and be better for. Like, why oh were we ever, why were these men who are in charge were like leading with fear or leading with yes. anger? Yes. Or- Cell phone throw at head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think it's that it's like, it's actually like if you can create an environment where people can be joyful and inspired, the problems that come your way, they're very different and they feel much more solvable. And I I just, I think theater needs a lot of work as an industry, like an immense amount of work. But at the same time, I consider it like a deep, (laughs) deep, deep, deep privilege that I get to do it at all. So my mentality is like, it's okay if it's hard and it's okay if you have bad days, but it can be miserable. There has to be something about it that is joyful, you know? I mean, even just the short moment we were on set with you for the short you just directed. First of all, the blocking and the coordination and the cinematography of that short are very complicated. I'm very impressed Mm -hmm. by the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I was probably a part of one of the more complicated shots. And you were just handling it like a pro. And it was joyful. We were able to do both things. We were able to be like, okay, this is what we're doing. And also like, isn't this fun? We shot, so this short film was called Egg Timer. And we shot it with my my best friends, Claire Rothrock and Ryan Weir. A great episode of Brainwashed, if you haven't heard it. But we just shot this short on the two hottest, nastiest, (laughs) literally like the hottest days on record ever in Prospect Park. And boldly had to say to our lead actress at various points, 
no, you can't go to the bathroom because there is no bathroom because we're in Prospect Park and the bathrooms are open from 11 to 2 p.m. Oh, no. Yeah. Our genius actor. But no, I'm so I'm excited to share it. And Nicole, as you know, because I'll share it probably once a year, your housewives conduct their video (laughs) is, and I mean this, 100% my favorite video online. I don't even watch housewives. I respect it from afar. And can I ask one more question? I tried to start housewives and I think I didn't do it right because I was like, let me get in on this. I like to watch shows. I want to be where the people are. And (laughs) someone was like, start with Utah. No, no. Why is why are people saying this? You're, you're like the fourth person that said that. And I get that it's because it was like new and you out there. But but I don't think that that's the, a good move. I was very troubled. Um, <laughs> I was very troubled by it. Oh, my God. Wait, I have a story that is Housewives related. I was in a J crew years ago uptown on the east side and a men's J crew. And this woman walked in with her son. I hope I'm getting this right. And my best friend, Samantha, gasped. And she was like, oh, my God. And I was like, what? And she was like, it's da-da-da from Housewives. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And this housewife was berating her little son. They were trying to buy a little suit for her little son. And she was like, don't put him in that. Don't put him in that. He needs to be in a little boy's vest and a little boy's shoes. Is it possible that the housewife who has a prosthetic leg has a child? Absolutely. Yep. Aviva Drescher. It was her. It was her in the men's J crew around <laughs> circa 2014, 15. One of our toughest housewives, <laughs> I, I have to say. Yeah. One of our toughest. The only thing fake about me is this. Yeah. She yeah, didn't yeah. give us that. She I've seen that clip. That. Nicole, where would you start me? Oh, it's the, I think there would be like five questions I would need to ask before we could get there. Of like, I can do fire, know, fire. Like how much time are you really willing to commit? You want an easy in or do you want to be completist start from the beginning somewhere? No, I don't want to be completist. I want to be tailored to my needs. And for housewives, I want to do an hour a week. Okay. And do you want to keep it light, light, light? Or do you like maybe a little bit more of the darker stuff? Darker stuff, please. Okay. (laughs) I love this. These are good. This is what Nicole did for me during the pandemic, by the way. And this is why I am now. I was not a housewife watcher before the pandemic. Really? And have you done it all, Jenny? I've done a lot. A lot. I have done a lot. Too much. Annie, I will actually write you a prescription. I need to think about it a little bit more, but I will write you a prescription. Please, please, please. And no pressure to take it, but I want, if I can get you in, I'd love to. Yeah. I think where I entered was not right. And I felt a salty taste in my mouth and it was not the right salt for me. Yeah. Um, I want to go on the record. This is not the first time I've heard this. Guys, you got to stop telling your friends who don't watch Housewives to start with Salt Lake. I understand why. I understand why. But it's not correct. Yeah. And I'm I, everyone talks about the one in Potomac. And I'm like, I'm compelled. But I just think I might be a New Yorker, Beverly Hills. You know, I am. Yeah. Where did you grow <laughs> I, up? I am a, well, I am coastal elite through and through from Los Angeles straight over to New York. My That's life is half by the two cities. So I would say starting at the beginning of either of those is a great... She she doesn't want to start at the beginning. Oh, you don't want to start at the beginning. Well, Nicole mm-hmm. often advises people to start Roni at the season Bethany returns. Season seven is a great entry point for. And um, she is on the city New York. of New York. Yeah, she's on the city of New York. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I'm not gonna just willy nil. I need to really. Oh, no, 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 okay, okay. no pressure, no pressure. But I'm open. Listen, I started Kardashians Hulu 
season 40 or whatever. And me too. That was, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and my boyfriend is obsessed with, he's like a really deep uh, cinephile. And he loves the one on the boat. Below deck. Below deck. Loves below deck. This is a guy who's watching, you know, like Werner Herzog for hour. <laughs> yeah. No, he'll just put on a Swedish eight hour film at night for fun. And he loves this below deck. But I have a boat phobia, so I can't do that. They're in tight quarters. You're not on the boat. <laughs> no. still, it still feels bad to you, though. Yeah, yeah. I have, okay. an, empath- I have an empathy issue. I, I absorb what is given to me. Okay. Don't don't get me started on the submersible. We won't talk about that, but yeah, you understand. Okay. Another another app, <laughs> another app. We'll invite you back. We'll do we'll do the submersible. We got to do a little casting. We're gonna do a little. That's what I was trying to do. Okay, so Annie here on the podcast. The last segment that we do is called casting. You are a director of theater. I feel like you're gonna really thrive in this environment. Essentially, we're gonna pick a category and cast ourselves in that category and cast each other in that category. And then we're all gonna go around and say our thoughts. So is there anything that you were thinking you would like to do or anything that came up organically that could be fun to do? If not, we can all sort of do a small brainstorm together. I have two. I'm worried they've been done. So if they've been done, we can brainstorm. One is fast fashion brands. Haven't done. Never been done. Never done. Okay. Okay. I haven't thought it through, but I could take a second. And the other is 90s sitcoms. Mm. 90s comedies. I feel like we've done something adjacent to it. Yeah. I think let's go full fast Fast fashion. fashion. Okay. Okay. We don't, I don't advocate for fast fashion, but I think we could cast it. Absolutely. Also, some of us are fat and it's like, I can only buy it like six stores anyway. So like sometimes they're going to be fast and that's not really my problem. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah. So what can you do if you are trying to, you know, I guess thrifting, but if you're trying to save money. Yeah, we got, we got some stuff to figure out here, certainly, but we want good environments for workers and pay for workers and we believe that but we are gonna play we're gonna do it yeah no we're gonna do it okay so we're all gonna take a moment just inside our brains to think about what fast fashion we are and then we'll come back to our microphone okay yeah like what isn't fast fashion you know like dior you you won't even know because you can't afford it you don't know any yeah dior (laughs) is not fast fashion luxury is not fast and i don't think it's the clothes by the way the energy of the brand i feel i have i too have i'll go okay okay now this is a brand i don't totally know but i know there's a documentary out there right now called shine or sheen and i gave that to you nicole i feel like if you were a fast fashion brand you'd come hot you'd come hard and then you'd crash (laughs) (laughs) people would really call you out and then you'd end up being a documentary that I'd watch while eating my soup. <laughs> so, yeah. Is it Sheen or Shine? What the hell is it called? I don't know. The answer. I'm not quite sure. I've, I've heard both. H-E-I-N. I feel like it's an Instagram. Pian. That's what I've heard I don't know if there's a brick and mortar, but it's definitely online fast fashion of $5 dresses that... <laughs> probably fell apart for myself i did old navy i just feel like you're kind of like i need sweatpants i need leggings where can i get those things and not pay a hundred dollars i guess old i've heard old navy 
I have a ton of old Navy workout clothes because that's just the only place I knew where to get leggings that were, you know, just sort of tried and true. Why not? Why not get them from old Navy? And then Annie, I did give you Zara. I kind of feel like you're you're like, oh, I'm going to go into Zara and maybe I'll find something uh, or maybe I'll wear, I'll try on seven different things that all fit differently. And I just have no idea. But it is like, you feel a little, you feel a little chicer in there than saying Old Navy, you know, you're uh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Zara's chicer than Old Navy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm flattered find some good stuff if you know where to look in a Zara. So yeah, that's where I landed on our fast fashion journey. Beautifully done. Well, I'm just gonna just quickly say I, I'm almost completely alive. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, for sure Old Navy. Uh, <laughs> abs- absolutely. <laughs> and Annie, for sure Zara. Huh. Yeah. She, really? Yeah. Annie is just chic. You know, maybe it's being the daughter of a costume designer, but you always got great looks going on. I always like see what you put together. Very nice. And Zara feels very elevated to me. And um, Old Navy says not. <laughs> <laughs> and for myself, I did ultimately go with ASOS because, mm. you know, I, I, I can't shop at a lot of fast fashions because they don't have the, the plus sizes. But ASOS is my fucking girl. And she really looks out for me, so I had to look out for her. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would like to go acknowledging that I agree that these <laughs> these brands are, well, maybe with the exception of one, probably not size inclusive, but in their energy. Yes, we could, absolutely. Nicole, for you, I give Top Shop. Mm. You are party, you are fun, you are glamour and sparkle. When I go into a Top Shop, I think New Year's Eve. Yes. I think of you and I think of, now I regret that we didn't just do cast holidays. We could do a lightning round if we wanted to. But when I think of you, Nicole, I think New Year's Eve. Yeah, absolutely. Agree. Like fucking fun, color, texture, delight. Jenny, for you, I gave J. Crew. Oh, Ooh. wow. Step up from Old Navy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that smart, sharp, cork in clever ways. <laughs> Glasses, sexy blonde, mm-hmm. best sexy little shoes, little feet. <laughs> best sexy little feet, hell yeah. I'll yeah, I feel maybe I'm putting onto a, a fashion you don't identify with, but it's like a kind of a chic prep. Yeah, I oh. can see that. Yes. That's what I'm uh, uh, mostly trying to go for. Yeah. Okay. For me, I give myself the gap. Mm. My favorite of all of the companies that we've named, <laughs> it is the place where I buy my underwear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The underwear is soft and stretchy. <laughs> you can get five for 25 or something. Are you used to be able to get like a um, whole? Oh, yeah. It's always, you know, anytime you go on the Gap website, they're like 40% off everything that's 70% off. Have it for free and take it. Whatever you want, come grab it. There's something brilliant about their website where every time you go on, they're like, here's six coupons you could have. And then you're like, actually, they've just priced everything. Like, I don't know. I think it's clear and it's basic and it's... (laughs) You get what you get. And I, I like I like the jeans. I find they don't make me feel oppressed when I wear them. And yeah, I feel steady. I feel steady with the gap. 
I did consider Gap for you, I have to be honest. Thank you, Nicole. Gap is solid. Oh, yeah. I mean, in high school, I was like, okay, the coolest place is the Gap. <laughs> yeah. And every now and then, they'll turn a line around. If I'm not going to make us do this, but Nicole, do you feel that you're New Year's? And Jenny, yeah. do you feel that you're Halloween? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. And Annie, what would I give? Oh, God. You know, it's like the post office day. I want to say Christmas. Christmas. Well, that's, I mean, no offense, but that's the big one. It's like easy, does it? Easy, does it? I'm like, what other holidays are there? (laughs) No pressure for the bonus. I just, you're, you're both to me. Oh, Thanksgiving. You always do a pie crawl. You're a pie crawl gal. I'm honored you said that. I do care for the food on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Your palate as a person is very fall, I feel. (laughs) I feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. You are, you are in autumn. Yeah. I think my shirt says all my friends are bread. That's a a shirt from Claire Rothrock. Yeah, I feel that way. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, thank thank you. You, Annie. So much for doing the pod. Annie, where can everybody stay up to date with you? Find out all your shows. Go see them. Thank you for asking. I, I have removed myself from Instagram and you can intermittently find me depending on when I feel like it and when I can mentally tolerate it. But my Instagram is a McGinnis. Good luck spelling that. I have a website, Annie Tip. That's how you say my last name. I think that's probably the best place you can find my upcoming shows and my short films that will be slowly, little by little coming out. Amazing. All right. Well, we love you. I love you. 